It's happening again. Where are you? I'm the doctor. This is Jas. This is Dan. Why don't I know about this? And who else does? Very hard. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. This is episode number 258, and we will be reviewing part one of the series of Doctor Who called Flux. I'm Kyle Jones again, and I want to start this week by welcoming Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I'm well, very well indeed. Glad to be here with you guys talking about uh, new, new Who. New, new who, exactly. New, 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 new. And who knew other than Clarence Brown? Clarence, my friend, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be back to talk about, you know, as Lee said, new, new who. (laughs) And to see what you guys think of this episode, yeah. We know that this is the first Halloween episode of Doctor Who. So I want to ask you guys, did you have a good Halloween? Didn't do anything fun? Have fun on Halloween? Or slightly before? Not usually a holiday that I really celebrate much. I mean, especially when I was younger, I really wasn't the trick-or-treat person, you know, going with the family or whatever. But, you know, I did let my trick flag fly and wore my... Uh, original series uh, 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 command shirt. So I had fun with that. Picks or it didn't (laughs) happen. I need to see photos of this. (laughs) (laughs) I will send one your way. (laughs) All right. Mr. Shackelford, what about you? Did you have anything Halloween-ish this year? Oh, well, I always observe October 30th as sort of a high holy day because uh, for all of us in audio drama, it is the, uh, if we have a, if we have a, a birthday, it's October 30th, <laughs> because that is the anniversary of the notorious War of the Worlds broadcasts, and um, which I have had the, the honor of recreating on stage several times. And um, I just always make time every year on October 30th to listen to that um, audio drama again and um, always have fun with it. So that was one of my things. But uh, yeah. yeah, and it was. It was cool to hear your announcement on Facebook that you that you placed from from the that drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've I've never actually played one of those newscasters, but for my audio reel, I thought I'd I thought I'd do one. Well, for me, I am the kid that grew out of Halloween many many decades ago, and I'm always the almost bah humbug person at work when it's time to dress up. It was kind of given a little bit of a hint this year that even though it wasn't mandatory to dress up, and even if you chose to dress up, maybe I didn't want to do something related to Doctor Who. So I came as a fictional character, and Clarence knows what my fictional character was, but Lee, would you like to know my fictional character I, that I arrived at at work, and I do have the badge to prove it? In the immortal words of Bilbo Baggins, I'm a quiver with anticipation. <laughs> well, since you are bequivered with anticipation, I arrived at work on Friday as none other than Narrator 2 oh. from Oz 9. There you go. A fictional character. Fictional character, indeed. Indeed, indeed. I guess. And exactly. So I had an official badge that had the Oz9 <laughs> body tag on it, had Narrator 2 on it. I looked like I think Narrator 2 would look like. Hmm. But my day got even better because we were doing at lunch a mystery lunch, mystery murder mystery lunch. <laughs> and the, the character that I had, I had developed this voice for and i had decided that his name was vaughn (laughs) okay yeah when we get into lunch you have to pick this card random card that says you have to do something well my card said throughout the lunch speak in an exaggerated french accent (laughs) oh my god boy yeah, where this oh, is going. <laughs> I had so much fun. I started out with going, hello. And I 
actually got a lot of laughs when I came in and declared after we had seen the quote unquote dead body, whenever I said something to the effect of, for all of you people who did not go into the room to see the dead body, I want you to know that she has been assassined. (laughs) (laughs) I had so much fun. Uh, Of course. Yes. Art imitating art. There are certainly people (laughs) listening to this right now wondering what in Moses you're talking about. And uh, so maybe it's worth explaining that one of the uh, beloved characters on Oz 9 is a a cartoon French uh, character yes. who is a notorious assassin. Notorious assassin. Yes, who, who believes that um, the verb form is assassin, as in yes. to assassin you. Yes. At the end, I did have to give acknowledgement for everyone that was there and said, look, I have a friend named Shannon who came <laughs> up with this idea and a friend named Aaron who brought it to life. This didn't come out of my head, trust right. me. Yes. But it was so much fun. You got to be Le Bichon Frise. I did indeed, and it was so much fun. Oh, boy. But you know what is so much fun? Uh, The Halloween apocalypse? Indeed. So that means that I get to say, if you have not seen the Halloween apocalypse, and I just messed up that word, but I'm going to keep going. (laughs) If you have not seen this show that I'm talking about, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because I have completely lost it, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review the Halloween Apocalypse. This is the first episode of the six-part 2021 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 31st of October, 2021. It stars Jodie Whittaker as the 13th Doctor, Mandip Gill as Yasmin Khan, and introduces John Bishop as Dan and Jacob Anderson as Vendor. Summary view, Lee Shackelford, I want to start with you. Do you have a list? Uh, Not really, no. Okay, well, what did you think? I I think I should begin by saying, just on the off chance that we have any uh, uh, listeners from France, that we uh, deeply apologize for all of the foregoing <laughs> and uh, and promise not to ever, ever do it again. But uh, if we do, go out and listen to Oz 9, just saying. That's right. And, and then blame it on uh, on Aaron Clark. Just Shannon Prairie. Yeah, yes. blame it on Shannon. <laughs> yes. But, um, to, but to get back to the point here, uh, I, uh, I kind of went in with uh, 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 trepidation. You know, I was concerned. I think pretty early on, I realized I had very little to worry about, that this is going to be everything that I was hoping it was going to be. I'm not sure in the long run that it was, but, oh boy, um, it was, well, we'll of course get into the details, but I did, for the most part, just have a lot of fun with it, and uh, and that's what I was hoping for. So when they say that this was going to harken back to the classic days of the multi-part stories, I believe my initial fear of that was going to be that are we going to get at least self-contained mini stories within that arc of however many episodes is going to be. And and for me, this, this felt like a huge setup episode, a, a lot of fun, a lot of great things going on, but I don't feel like I got, I don't feel like you could just watch this and be somewhat fulfilled it is very much you have to watch the yes. next episode, <laughs> which yeah, is the yeah. point. But but still, I, I I love it. I love serialization in a sense where we still get some happy, you know, thought by the end of the episode before we move on. And this definitely wasn't that. So that's tempered my expectations to know what I'm going to get going forward. But that being said, everything that I did see on the screen, I thought was intriguing, fascinating. I had fun. A lot of questions, but I, I, I think I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to, if you know, if I'm a pendulum and I'm swinging back and forth between the two things that the two of you just said, I think I would swing a little further to the direction of Lee's comments. I had in my mind that this was not going to be self-contained, even to the point, and actually, I 
almost hoped that it wouldn't be. I didn't want that little mini episode that's part three that could really have been, you know, kind of swept off to the side. I liked the fact that it was one story that pretty much took you in a direction. I know we'll get into it, but I'm curious to know what you guys thought about the dynamics because I really felt like I, and the best, and I'm I'm kind of forming these thoughts as I'm talking, so I know I'm bouncing because I'm forming the thoughts, but this felt to me very similar as I'm thinking about it to how the pilot felt on series 10 of Doctor Who or the third series of Peter Capaldi. This felt a little bit similar to that because it was just like a renewed energy and something different. And it it just kind of revitalized for me. Do you guys feel the same? Did you feel that this was like 13th Doctor 2.0. Mm. Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, in a lot of ways, it felt like more of the same to me. Now, I feel like some of that revitalization has been, is going to be like some of the introduction of these fascinating uh, enemies that we get in, in, in this particular episode and some of the revisiting some old favorites as well. But I just didn't, while I enjoy it, enjoyed it a lot, I just didn't get that 2.0 doctor like you mentioned. It, it felt more of the same for Jodie Whittaker for me. And in fact, I feel like other than the very beginning, I feel like a lot of her action was done in her talking exposition. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like she did a lot in this episode. Right, before me. Lee says something, I think I asked my question incorrectly. I think I was trying to ask, you answered it correctly, but I think what I was trying to say was that the show felt a little bit different as in Doctor 2.0, not necessarily 13th Doctor. Uh, You answered it exactly how I asked it. But having said that, Lee, take Clarence's answer as well as what I just said. Give us your thoughts. What did you think? On one or both, um, I, I really felt like this was the shot in the arm that we've been that we've been looking for, and I know that, of course, that's going to be somewhat tempered by the fact that that's what I wanted, but um, you know, so so maybe I was um, um, seeing it whether it was there or not, <laughs> just because I wanted it so badly. But uh, I, you know, I honestly think a lot of the things that we've been saying. How come Chibnall never does? You know, how come the show doesn't? Uh, it was here. Um, and and I, I hope this is this is not jumping ahead of anything. But um, there was a moment where I was uh, listening to the score. Something particularly exciting was happening on screen, and I was thinking, "Oh, I love it!" And I said, "Man, there's nothing like Murray." Go, oh wait a minute, no, oh. Oh, hey, <laughs> that did sound like Murray Gold. And I went back to look mm. at the music credits. Segan is not on this. Oh. <gasps> what? The, um, there is a, an, uh, an arranger credited. So we're taking, that sounds like we're taking work that uh, Segan Akinola composed earlier in the season. But he's he's not, and you look at his IMDb credits and his last episode credited is... Um, Revolu- uh, resolution of the Daleks. Interesting. So, um, hmm. it, it's just interesting because just a couple of weeks ago we were saying, you know, nothing against the guy, but wouldn't it? Maybe it's time to. <laughs> I, I, I think they did it. Mm. So I have a comment, but Clarence, I want to. I want you to bring up the point that you noticed in listening slash watching that has to do with the sound that we were talking about, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, in particular that, I just felt like when I watched it, viewed it the first time and it could just be a lost in uh, <laughs> cadence thing. I don't know, but I just couldn't hear or understand what they were mm-hmm. saying sometimes. So what I, what I did during my workout today, I actually um, 
clipped the wave of the the episode and actually listened while I worked out. And I, I feel like I managed to get some things from that that I didn't get from just watching it straight out. It it really allows you to kind of focus a little bit more and, you know, kind of weed out some of the things you may have just skipped over by being awed by the pre-visuals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hence, hence is one of the reasons, you know, and I said, Clarence, you're finally starting to do as Kyle always does, because I just think that it gives you a different take exactly on what you just said. When you're not watching something with your eyes and you're watching it with your ears, mm-hmm. you pick up on something different. Very, very true. Yeah. 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 But back to what Lee said, I was thinking, oh, wow. Because I noticed a couple of times I was like, wow, I wonder if he's trying to do what we were thinking he was thinking about or we wished he was doing. And was like, is he trying to mimic Murray Gold? And then now hearing you say that he wasn't on there. Yeah. No, he wasn't. But somebody may have been. <laughs> somebody was. Yeah. Yeah. The one time I noticed this, it sounding a bit different and may, maybe this is just me not seeing the introduction in a while. It just felt like the, they added some flavor to the intro and maybe they didn't, didn't do anything, (laughs) but to me, it just felt a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know. Still looks like Mm -hmm. a colonoscopy to me, but that's. (laughs) Yes. We're talking about the music anyway. You know, I mentioned in our last episode that one of the things I wanted was a new opening you did. for this, yeah. and we didn't get it. And I was yeah. really, really disappointed because right. I wanted something different, and we didn't get that. Yeah, I almost feel like they were going to do the face uh-huh. on this one, but they, That's of right. course, yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I, I really wanted that for new energy, new something, because... Honestly, and I know it's the original, but part of the lacklusterness that I think I have been feeling that we've all been feeling is we're so used to that bombastic introduction that we've witnessed since 2005 forward. And then we get just pulsating waves, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But... What was not a pulsating wave that was different <laughs> in what we saw, we saw a new TARDIS dynamic, meaning you've got Yaz, you've got the Doctor, you've got Yaz and the Doctor, the first full female companion Doctor in the TARDIS before Dan comes along, which we never had before. Mm-hmm. But then we get Dan Lewis. Here's here's Dan. So... Clarence, Dan, what were your initial thoughts? I really like Dan. I'm still trying to figure out how he fits into the entire puzzle, other than just being a different, a new companion. I think there's something more to his character that we just don't quite have yet. But as far as his portrayal on screen, I just, I felt like he was fun. I loved his little quippy, well, not really quippy, but his his, um, (laughs) pretending to be, uh, I guess a curator or something at the museum <laughs> giving tours and stuff. I thought that was really hilarious and great. And overall, I think he's a very likable guy. And in this show where you're delivering a lot of, and he didn't have much of it in this episode, but you're, you're you have to make it believable to be in this sci- science fiction world. I think he fit right in with it and, yeah, I, I, I love them. I, I kind of, you know, quickly latched on to his character and can't wait to see more. All right. Lee, what about you? There's a, a a screenwriting thing that I teach my students and I have been taught myself is that you, you have just a few minutes, maybe a few seconds to um, lead the audience towards the perception of a character that you want them to stick with. And are discovering that he he is so passionate about Liverpool that he's actually pretending to be a docent at the museum so he can so he can get his two cents worth in. Um, I'm on his side, you know. He got me. Yep. And yep. then we find out he works in the soup <laughs> kitchen and won't take any of the the goods home for himself. 
that he actually needs that that he in fact actually needs um and there was a, a clip that was that was um not not leaked but was released that was supposed to introduce the character to us and it was him giving trick or treat candy to the three adorable children but not to the the guy who shows up with a beer can in his hand and says trick or treat you know <laughs> and i think our friend Nicole said it for all of us. Okay. <laughs> that was her comment on Facebook was, uh, okay. Because it, it appeared that it didn't tell us anything about him much, except that he's generous to those that he think are worthy of it. But he draws the line at people who can take care of themselves. And mm. I think that was a very clever way of, of getting that out. And I think that's, I hope that we're going to see more of that. And it makes it is part of who he is and why he's going to be an interesting addition to this team. If he's got no patience for people who can, who don't need a handout or a hand up, mm. but he will go to the mat for people who do. Yeah. So here's my take. Yeah. I a million percent agree with every single thing the both of you just said. Mm -hmm. I totally, totally agree. I think his dynamic, his energy, his interaction, the on-screen dynamic he and Yaz have, mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, just in the few scenes that they had, I wanted more. I wanted to see <laughs> more of them. I liked his interaction, even though there wasn't one-on-one -on -one with the Doctor, I liked his interaction with the doctor. I liked his energy. I liked what he brought. And yes, this is going to sound like a shaft to the other two companions, Ryan and Graham. But it made me question that wonder, and I'm just speaking for me personally, if part of the things that I didn't like was the, the lack of chemistry that I didn't see between Graham and Ryan and the doctor, as opposed to this guy. I went back and watched revolution Sunday, right before the, you know, the, yeah. the new episode aired. I watched them leave again. Mm -hmm. I didn't care that they left. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And, and, and I try, you know, I was like, I haven't seen this episode since we reviewed it. And I wanted to go back and watch it and to see with a new set of eyes of X number of months. And again, I didn't care, not because I'm being funny or being mean, was because I still didn't care that they left. And that just made me meant that you had two great actors that you paired together that me personally didn't feel like they had chemistry. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm an island to myself. I'm just saying I really liked the chemistry that Dan brought to the show. And, and to add to what you just said, I mean, this is the very next episode, right? I don't care that they're gone. Point taken. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I didn't miss them one bit. Um, now, I will say for a second, I was thinking about them when the we get the revelation that Earth is going to go bye bye and you know, these people are being retrieved and, and, and Yaz mentions her mother and Dan mentions his mother and I I kind of thought about them just for a fleeting second that oh what what are yeah. what are they doing? <laughs> and is it mean or sad that I did? Well I hope not because I did exactly the same thing. I watched uh, Resolution and um uh yeah it came to that moment and I thought yeah okay um yeah Good on you. I'm glad you got psychic paper because that's that's great. This should not be the end of your adventuring, you know. But we went Cheerio. back. But yeah. I, but okay. Bye. Um, and, and then of course it ends with that vision of uh, Ryan's grandma, and I was like, really. And, and see, I think again, and I know we're uh, you know we're interviewing, we're reviewing this current one, yes. but again, I think that was part of the problem. You made her character Grace Sharon D. Clark's character yes. so awesome that they paled after her. That's right. 
Yeah. And yeah, that wasn't fair to the rest of them. Yeah. No. But yeah. you, but you know it, what is fair it, is is well, letting Clara say, say what he's about to say. <laughs> well, let, let me let me just add quick real quick on Ryan and Graham and I think part of the reason it was hard to latch on to them is because they were in co- constant conflict throughout their run until the very end. So seeing these two that were in almost constant conflict, it's kind of hard for us to grab on. I, of course, they're likable in their own sense, but in a lot of ways, it it there's constant conflict between them. And it, it for me personally, it was just hard to just really, really latch on to them. Agreed. Yeah. 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 Totally agreed. And with this character, we don't know anything about him. We don't know what he's been through. But I want to ask before we move on, I want to ask you about something that I found quite particular, peculiar, whatever the word may be. But... He said when he gets his, you know, expected bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. This may have just been him nervous joke, but he says, and I quote, I had a mate who had one of these. I think his was a bit bigger, actually. Thoughts? Yeah, I read that as him him clowning. You know, oh, yeah, you've got a magic box. Yeah, well, who doesn't really? Mm-hmm. Clarence I really didn't even read into it um, I have no idea it has to be him clowning right because at this point he doesn't believe in space travel and all his other good right. stuff <laughs> as as presented by his introduction with Yaz so I mean I, it had to be a joke I'm I assuming hope. but in an episode that was throwing the kitchen sink at you left yeah. right and center yeah. I wasn't taking anything for granted. That's why I wrote it down. Cause I was like, yes, I think it's a joke. Like you guys said, but I said, it's worth mentioning so that I can at least go back and say, Hey, remember when I brought that up way back when? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, in, in that sense too, I think what this episode is doing and I'm thinking to the latest seasons of Picard and and also Discovery on the Star Trek realm, where they're doing this big tent pole mystery box at the very beginning of the season. And I just think there's going to be surprises all throughout. Because I, I think almost nothing is as it seems at this point. Mm. Speaking of nothing being as it seems, we meet Carvanista at the very beginning. But we find out through the course of the story that Carvanista is not the great bad that's coming. He is actually a part of a race of humanoid dogs that are basically bonded to humans and are man's best friend. So Lee Shackelford, what did you think of the Lou, whatever, the Lupari? Uh, I'm still trying to decide. I, I, I kind of like the idea that uh, Carvanista is, is just trying to do his duty, you know, that, that he's, he's gone to get his, his guy. Um, what's going to happen when uh, Yaz's doggy comes for her? <laughs> just anyway. Um, but at the beginning, he has, um, torturing and murdering planning to murder the the doctor and yes and i find that a little hard to forgive <laughs> yeah uh the doctor is surprised that carvanista has stunned dan I'm like he was hanging you over a planet of acid <laughs> 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 oh well that was before you know <laughs> so uh, th- that that bugs me that that isn't uh consistent but anyway we're supposed to forget about that and move on. <laughs> Chewie is such a Star Wars ripoff. Even down to the, um, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. He pulled, the, he tried to do that on Dan. Yes. I'm like, wow. Yeah, he did do the Jedi <laughs> mind trick on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's strange. So, eh, and, and then the, I think for me, 
I mean, I really like Kavanista as, as I thought like the portrayal. Again, I have issues with him trying to kill a human in, in Yaz, but yet his races are the protectors of humans. Mm, only who you're and, bonded with. Yeah, that's right. I have to help him. Uh, I don't have to like him. Right. Uh, so uh, I don't know <laughs> if I buy that. Why would he be bonded with Dan? And also, where have these race of Lapari been for all of these various world ending events we've had over the course of Doctor <laughs> Who? That's why I couldn't buy That's it. That's right. He said it was. it's only in their ultimate crisis that they're supposed to go after their humans. But well, yeah, how many of those have we had? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were having a war with all the cat nuns at the time. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So my take is I didn't think I was going to like, you know, whenever I first saw the look. But, but by golly. If you go back and you look at the last time we tried to do an animal in Chibnall era, an Ooh, animal human yeah, yeah. and Orphan 33. It was a dog yes. too, wasn't it? A dog-ish or something. Yeah. That that looked horrible. Yeah. I am all for the Lupari. Man, when you put it yes. that way. Yes. So let's move on real quick. I want to talk about Outpost Rose. And Vendor, anything you guys want to mention about Outpost, Rose, and Vendor? Clarence, why don't you start? Well, I didn't know it was called Outpost Rose. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I don't know that we get much other than that he's in this listening post. And, you know, as you know from other sci-fi shows, you you don't leave your post (laughs) under any circumstance. So... Um, it actually gave me shadows of a, another uh, podcast friend that friends that we have the the moon based mm-hmm. data guys. I kind of I kind of got hints of that, but but yeah, I don't know if we got much other than again. I think this is another character where there's going to be more than it seems because I I just feel like we got an so if you go back to um. What's the doctor we had last year season? The the black lady. Uh, I forget her name. Um, I'm sorry. Um. Oh. Oh my goodness. Um. Martin. Joe Martin as the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. The Joe Martin. Yeah. So that was the first recent case we've seen of this memory loss, or the memories being shielded, and we got a lot of that in this episode. So I just feel like there are going to be characters popping up over the course of the next six, six episodes that don't really know who they are really and i and i think that he's probably going to be one of them okay interesting Lee, what say you yeah i i this is where i think my experience of this differed from clarence's is that i really like the fact that i went into it knowing that this is one sixth of the story and that we just have to be content with that so i liked all of these characters who were introduced and then dismissed because we know we're going to see them again but we're just getting the first touch of their their mystery. Um, I'm especially intrigued by Claire, who has who has an experience with a weeping angel. Right after showing up, recognizing the doctor, the doctor and Yaz don't know who she is, mm. and she says that she will meet them in the past. She thinks. <laughs> So and I, she she mentions taking the long way home. Yes, the long way home. So, and 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 let me add to that: they played Blink right out. Yes, of the yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, yep. <laughs> so we saw the Weeping Angels and Clarence. I know you're a Weeping Angel fan. Thought. Um, it was cool to see him again. I don't know if there's much to add other than, again, like Lee said, this is setting up the mystery going forward. I have a feeling we're going to see a younger uh, Claire interact with Yaz and the Doctor at some point. Uh, but again, this 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 episode is a big setup, yeah. so I don't know if there's much more to add than that. Oh, and I'm sure you noticed that she she knows what to do. As soon as she catches, yeah, as soon as she catches sight of it, she says, she's whispering to herself, don't blink, don't even blink, blink and you're dead. So Mm -hmm. she's got the doctor's DVD somewhere. Yeah, because it's almost verbatim, Uh right? Right. 
And see, I think this is another reason why this episode, to me, succeeded, is because we're sitting here asking questions that we have no answer to. You know, we're we're talking about Vendor, thinking about what might be going on with him. The Lupari saying that there's something going on with him. We even know, we didn't mention this, that he works for the division. And my question was, is that a Time wait. Lord who took the, a form of a Lupari? Wait, wait, who works for the division the, again? Uh, Cavanista. Or hmm. she says he's a division operative. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm thinking the division is some uh, out branch of the 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 Gallifreyans. Right. That's that's what I'm thinking. They are uh, some secret section thirty one. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with that. But, but if he is a operative of the division, does that make him a Gallifreyan slash Time Lord that took instead of being a human look, took the took the form of a uh, Luparian? That would be interesting. But we know the security lady at the very beginning that was guarding the prisoner, not forget her name, excuse me, but the prisoner mentioned that she had been there for hundreds of years or centuries. He he implied that she had been coming back for a long, long time. And that made me think instantly either Time Lord or Time Traveler. And she's part of the division. So, and, and if you notice that those know. two people that had, you know, that was the guards, they had the same gun that the um, the person that was hunting Ruth had. You know, it was a, it's the very same gun. Interesting. Or very same type of gun. Yeah. Did not. No, did not. Yeah, whenever I saw that, I was like, ooh, 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 they're, they're Time Lords. They're Time Lords. <laughs> huh. So what did you guys think of Swarm and his sister, uh, Azure? Is that his sister? That's his sister. Okay. <laughs> I thought yeah, it was his honey no, boo. It's his sister boo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we learned from uh, Return of the Jedi that it don't matter much. Um, I am not impressed with uh, the swarm. It's a, it's a depiction of, of uh, villains on Dr. Who and a lot of other places that I'm just frankly tired of. I don't, there's a lot of ways to be uh, an all powerful villain, but to me, the most boring one is for them to be suave and gloating you know, because haven't we seen that 175 million times? Oh, and you'll suffer, Doctor, believe me. As soon as I am seated on my throne of power. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. You know? See, I'm just ad-libbing that. I can write this stuff all day because yeah. because there's nothing to it. It's just, I, I, I you know, I, I would give it to the Daleks. They're not like that. You know, so at least in that way, they're super interesting. Cybermen aren't like that. They like that. But but we've had from since, you know, 1963 to the present on Doctor Who, we've had a succession of villains like that. And they're forgettable. You know, with, with a few exceptions. But, you know, that that's how Sutek talked. That's like, oh, come on. Let's get, you know, I just expect some originality about that. And uh, but no, I did like the soul sucking or life sucking aspect of the character. Yeah, I it 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 made me think as as um the Swan was sitting there in the prison, how that he buy his time to get out. If I mean, did he like suck up some bugs or something to get yeah. some energy? It was not explained. Was it? <laughs> No. Yeah. Why now? Why, you know, what, what, what did, what, what, who, what, when, where, how, and why have to do with him getting out? I mean, you know. And he knows the doctor, but she doesn't know him. Again, goes back to this memory wiping thing that seems like 
ever present in this episode. Yes, yeah, it's, it's some backstory there that we're sure to get into. So the whole idea that I had that the master was lying or the master read it wrong and the, somebody else was really the timeless child kind of went out the window with this character. Because here's someone else who's referring to, I knew you before. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like there's no going back. And I, I didn't, you know, even though I kind of wish they kind of would or whatever, you embraced this concept of timeless child. That was before what, though? I mean, we don't know what before means here at this point, well, yeah. do we? If, if um, the doctor really comes from like the dawn of time, <laughs> then yeah. Uh, but yeah, true. Good point. But I will say this. Here's the thing that inter- or interested me the most. I did not like the look. I get that you're trying to do a humanoid, almost crystallization-ish type, like you're half crystal, half humanoid, half something. And I think Chibnall has this weird obsession with putting weird things on people's faces (laughs) from teeth to rocks to crystals. I mean, he's got a thing for crystals and rocks and teeth or whatever. But that being said, what interested me the most was when he did what he did, he absorbed the people, crystallized them, dusted them, whatever, ate them, whatever, and said that he had been renewed. Uh, it's been so long renewed. since he had been renewed. Interesting, yeah. And that just like stuck in my head thinking, you said renewed, and that's what the second doctor re- referred to having happened, changing from one to two. I have been renewed. Now, we know in reality was regeneration hadn't been invented yet. That was the word they used. But I just thought, you're not going to put a word in there like that unless you're wanting people like me to go, he said renewed. Yeah. Mm. What what if they flip it up on us and make this guy the timeless child? (laughs) I'm fine with that. Yeah, I could dig it. Interesting. Totally could dig that. And then that that replace, but that doesn't explain the Ruth Doctor, right? Unless Ruth Doctor yes. is fourteen, and has been mind wiped as well, right? Possibly. Mm. Don't know, but yeah. possibly. Dickens. <laughs> I hope there's a master plan here. Mm. Pun on words. Uh, yeah, on possibly. Words? Yeah, not intended, but yeah. Okay. Um, or I just thought you might have been trying to say something nice. I didn't know. <laughs> Tell you about something I learned this week, though, which uh, I was not aware of. That I have been um, had the pleasure of traveling all over England, but we have not um, not been to Liverpool. And um, if I had, I might have encountered the Williamson Tunnels. I didn't know until somebody on social media mentioned that for us in the U.S. would might not know that that whole thing about the uh, the philanthropist who is employing, you know, the unemployed with by building these, digging these tunnels, that's true. That really happened, mm-hmm. and they're really there. Um, <sighs> and nobody knows why. Right. No one knows <sighs> why he built them. Yeah. So this is a clever <sighs> way of retconning that. He, he was somehow aware of the flux. We guess, maybe, but we're going to find out more about Joseph Williamson. But yeah, that's uh, that part of this story is actually true. Yeah. Wow. I have forgot about that because it didn't no, tie in no. anything. <laughs> like, why are they yeah. showing this? Uh, then I just totally went out I, my mind. I think, I think we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely be coming back to him, too. And well, uh, every, every huh. time I say the name of what this episode is about, I almost say it as if I'm watching Star Trek Enterprise mm. by calling it Flux as Flux. opposed to <laughs> Flux. No. And I think I'm not alone because whenever I typed in Doctor Who Flux yeah. it, before I, and making my notes, I got a whole bunch of 
entries about Dr. Phlox. So, uh, yeah. Huh. I'm just saying. I figure you, you just slightly misspelled it. So, huh. Bingo. Well, I, I also got a surprise in this episode in that I knew, I, I sort of knew what was going to happen. Is that Dan has got this date with Diane, and I know that she's going to end up being stood up. So we went to a shot of her standing there on a lawn, and I thought, oh, that's sad. And I thought, that will be the end of that scene. And I was wrong. <laughs> because <laughs> nobody is safe in this story. Oh, I, I mean, what in the world has happened to her? We'll, we'll find out. But we'll find out. But this was especially cruel because the the voices, their their voices, you know, and one of them says, "We're gonna have fun with you." Uh-huh. When her dog is possible, her, could or, be, <laughs> could be. I think she's got one out on there. What happened to her? Oh. Really? Yeah. But what yeah. happened to her? You know, I've got to have to be. I'm going here. I'm having to be funny, but I'm thinking that I know the type of dog that are the type of Luparian that was assigned to protect her. And that's what happened. Would you care to ask what kind of dog it was? Oh, I'm scared. A Bichon Freeze. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, if, if something happens to her, she didn't get protected. I see. The type of Luparian was based on a Bichon Freeze. I see. So she's been assassinated. She's been assassin. I see. <laughs> oh, yes. but you know what's not been assassin? <laughs> the Santarans. Yes. Because they are going to war in the next episode. So really, really quick, as we close and get into our favorites, the Santarans. And Lee, I'll go with you first. Seeing our friends, the Santarans again. Thoughts? So, always happy to see them. And I just love this little scene. And um, that uh, we learned that they have and believe in psychics, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, so they have a psychic surveyor named Craigar, and it's good old Dan Starkey again. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? That was Dan Starkey. Huh. Um, now, which one was he? Was he the old yeah, one? He's the, oh, was, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's fun. Um because nobody now is more experienced at playing Santarans than he is. Um, but yeah, these are very old school Santarans. They look like when we first saw them um, long, long ago. Um, Sarah Jane Smith. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I I mean, to me, what's funny about the Santarans is this... this bloody-mindedness and that they're just so stupid about it and <laughs> they, yeah. they they think they're going to come in and clean up because of this calamity that's happening but the flux is just going to destroy them like everything else it's just ha- the hubris you know they're just saying we're, we're going to go in there and fight <laughs> with it no you're not <laughs> and, and pillage there's not there's going to be nothing pillage left what? Yeah, they, <laughs> i don't know and, you know, I think, uh, I wonder if a lot of people have made this observation. I've just missed it. But uh, the uh, a, a lot of what we see of the flux, uh, I feel like, has to remind people of the beginning of Star Trek, the motion picture. And one of the things that we yeah. saw as V'ger is digitizing things is the Klingons who shoot at it, you know, <laughs> to completely no avail. <laughs> it's like, well, that was if that entertained you, you just... <laughs> You just keep doing that, but yeah, it's... it 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 made me think of Galactus. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, as you know, I don't know how it's portrayed in the comics because oh. I haven't read them in the comics. But as per the Blech. Fox movies, yeah. <laughs> he really was a swarm. Was, yeah, yeah. Ignore that. That's not Galactus. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I will say, I will say this. It reminded me since you went comics, uh-huh. I'll go in another route. If it had not have been read. And if it would have been white as opposed to red, I would have had a little bit of a vibe a la Crisis on Infinite Earths. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I can get that as well. Yeah. So, um, one other thing that I would mention before we move on is I don't remember what I was going to mention before we move on. Hmm. And, well, well, 
Well, y'all, while you're remembering, let me say real quick, the swarm saying trick or treat just uh, made me yeah. want to hurl. Like, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Trick or treat. I mean, you're right. But <sighs> when I was trying to to uh, put a finger on what it is that I don't like about that presentation of a of a superpower bad guy, that's the encapsulation of it right there. <laughs> I will I will put the icing on that proverbial cake oh. for you. This wasn't what I was thinking, but I, I think it's <laughs> at least just as good since we're talking about this character. The other thing that troubled me about him was the campy, looks like shoulder pads kind of jacket that he was wearing that looked like a bad Halloween outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just... it looked like something out of whichever Batman movie had the bat nipples in it. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right. Yeah. Mr. Freeze. <laughs> so gentlemen, do either of you have any other topics that you want to discuss before we move into our favorites? Um, quick uh, shout out to Ace. I'm hope I'm sure you caught. Hmm. Yes, yes, but share. Yes. Oh, uh, the doctor well, says Nitro 9 is tricky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I missed it. So oh, apparently she's, cool. she's still got some <laughs> Nitro 9, whatever whatever the heck that is. And you know? yeah. speaking of Ace, yes. that, of course, makes us think of the seventh doctor. Uh-huh. And if you were watching it with closed captioning like I was, when the doctor is trying to say, release yes. release at the beginning it the captioning says that even though it doesn't sound like it to me one time she says release it says uh you know in the in the in the voice of uh um, seventh twelfth doctor. doctor and then the seventh yeah. doctor yeah i noticed that too <laughs> I thought, okay yeah. yeah whoever's writing these captions uh, just makes a distinction between uh, peter capaldi's accent and sylvester mccoy's but yeah, kudos, but kudos for that. McCoy was was the one who would uh, uh, exaggerate rolling his R's for for that effect. So yeah, I mean, oh, so that is that why it didn't work because she didn't have the right cadence on it or the right that yeah well that was her theory inflection anyway, yeah. Yes. Oh, that reminds me of my thing that I couldn't remember a minute ago. Good. What is wrong with the TARDIS, or is there something wrong with the TARDIS? Uh, yeah, why does it have multiple doors all of a sudden? Yeah, and there's and why is the TARDIS bleeding? <laughs> and there's something leaking. Yeah, and uh, the doctor lies to Yaz again. She says, "Yeah, I'm fine. We're fine. TARDIS is fine. Everybody's fine." Yeah, don't know. Clarence, thought. Yeah, the the entrance popping up in the floor just threw me for a loop. I'm like, what is going <laughs> on here? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> well, in the classic era, we've we've yeah. seen it uh, shattered into fragments, so that pieces of it are stuck all over the place, and we've seen uh, the TARDIS materialize inside itself, which is my favorite. Um, so I've I've been I've been hoping for to see more things like this in New Who, and and I I was just complaining on this show not too long ago that we don't do anything interesting with the Thirteenth uh, TARDIS, so this was just for me. Yeah. Exactly, I have the door open up on the floor, and and uh, and David Tennant's hammer is back too. You yes. Yeah. yeah, using the hammer to actually right. get things going. <laughs> And, oh, wow. and the utilization and, and of Yaz and Clarence, I think you brought it up on the show many, many times, how you wished we would see more of Yaz. We saw more of Yaz, and I was there for it. Absolutely. I thought she did an awesome, awesome, she being the actor, did an awesome job of giving it to the doctor and not being just, oh, well, whatever you say, doctor. And... I loved her presentation of this character. And again, I just thought her chemistry with the whole cast, so different dynamic. Awesome. Yeah. Amanda Gill is, is Dr. Light in this episode, a hundred percent. You go get Dan while I go to the bridge and try to, you know, talk to Kevinista. Uh, she's totally, um, independent, uh, 
like us oftentimes you're trying to figure out what the doctor is talking about because the doctor can go on a tangent but yeah Yaz is just killing it and we also get the the information that they've been on many adventures since they dropped off uh Ryan and Graham and and she's taken her all around to do a whole myriad of different things to you know just have fun and explore and Yaz is definitely stepped into that role i mean 100 percent, and and it's fun to see her on screen i just i yep. love it and she actually i'll go ahead and give my favorite quote my favorite quote was actually from her and it's that scene where and it's i'll go ahead and say i think it was kind of my favorite scene because it represents a dynamic change that i keep referring to which is when they're on carvanista's ship and the doctor is having that conversation that you were just referencing to about you go do this. And then as soon as she walks off, my favorite quote is when she says, yes, something to the effect. Yes, doctor, I know exactly what you're talking about. No, I don't have any questions. And, you know, just the sarcasm and whatever. I just loved that scene and I loved what she said there. So that's actually my favorite scene and my favorite quote. But favorite quote, Lee Shackelford. What say you? Um, you look old. Really, you look disgusting. Really <laughs> disgusting. Uh, continue. <laughs> you know how I love the Suntarans. So, yeah. Yes. Well, as well, no point dwelling on it. Yeah. Really disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I LOL'd. So did I. I love that. Stuff. All right, Clarence, favorite quote. Mine is going to be a Yaz and the Doctor and Dan scene when they're running for the TARDIS. Yaz's like, Dan, Doctor, Doctor Dan. All right, Doc? And then the Doctor's like, nice to meet Run you, Dan. Run for your life. Yep. <laughs> All right. Which, of course, Fav- takes us back to the Ninth Doctor, right? <laughs> yes. I'm the yes. Doctor. Run. Yes. Run. <laughs> Favorite scene, Lee Shackelford, what to say you? I, I loved that first encounter between uh, Kavanista and Dan. Because <laughs> um, well, we don't know what's going on any more than Dan does. and uh, But Dan does not believe he's in real danger. And so he, <laughs> he's, he's kind of a smartassing back at this uh, this alien. And, until he, yeah. he shoots a trap at him. <laughs> Yeah, it just thought that that was a very interesting interchange all around. I was, I was really, I was scared for Dan, who we've just met, but I already like. But uh, Mm. wow, he's in real danger from a kind of fluffy doggy. What's happening here? (laughs) Comments on his costume, like rubs it. Yeah, (laughs) it's soft. (laughs) You've gone all out, you know. I'll give you that. I, you know, really. (laughs) You're paying for that door, (laughs) exactly. Or he could kill you. You don't. Uh, yeah. All right, real quick before we go to Clarence, the dog did use a miniaturization ray. I, I'm yes. just saying that. Just, mm-hmm. just FYI. Not tissue compression, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but, but same effect. Yep. Just yep. saying. Yep. Maybe the same technology. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lee Shackle. I mean, Clarence Brown. What say you? And, and real quick, I don't get why Dan having a sophisticated computer was so alert or a sign that this was a trap. I believe they could have been a little more yeah. elegant on that because it is 2021 and most people but, have computers. His computer is too yeah, nice. But, he has a MacBook. But <laughs> back to what you guys were saying a moment ago about them traveling together for quite a while, so much to the point to where... Yaz could look at the cage and say, there's nine booby traps, and yeah, I've gotten accustomed to this. It's obvious that the doctor has taught her to pay attention to everything. So if you go on that same thought from that, then it doesn't mm, present too much of a stretch of saying, what's out of place here? Maybe so. Yeah. 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 But it's true. It's it's one of the reasons why we can't be Sherlock Holmes today, because... Uh, very often, he would make deductions about somebody's uh, social status based on their their shoes, or something like that. And True. that's because he, 
in the Victorian era, they didn't have a credit economy. And now we can uh -huh. own cars that we can't afford and buy clothes that we have, <laughs> you know, that is way beyond our pay scale. But, you know, as long as you can break it into payments, we can do it. So, yeah, it's not incredible that he could have a, you know, top of the line computer. He, he just may be paying for it for the rest of his life, you know. <laughs> Bingo. But but she but yeah. yeah, so she jumps to an assumption there, but she's right. It's not his. Yeah. Indeed. All right, Clarence, what say you? Oh, for favorite scene, this is kinda of hard for me. None of them just jumped out at me as, you know, must see favorites. But now that I think about it more and especially after Lee's comments earlier, I think the vendor scenes were most interesting to me. I mean, just the idea of this guy out here on this outpost by himself um, monitoring this, I guess, system for some reason. I found it very intriguing, and I thought it was cool when he got away in his escape ship. So <laughs> just, yeah, I I can't see what, wait to see where that goes. I think it, it might be a, a, an interesting part of, of this larger story. So yeah, I guess the vendor's right. So I'm going to pose a question before, and we've kind of hinted at it. So I'm thinking one of us, if not all of us, are thinking this anyway. So we don't have to answer this question, but I want to pose it in our review of episode one, which my question is, which one of the characters that we have met in this episode are Time Lords? Hmm. Just... Putting that out there. Okay. Hmm. Final rating. Clarence, I'm going to start this time with you. Final rating. What say you? Man, I've not even thought about this. I'm going to... I want to leave room for growth. But again, I'm, I'm looking... I guess I'm trying to figure out what the larger story is like everyone else. And I didn't get anything close to complete sub story in this one um which is not the intent i know so yeah, it's gonna be hard but i'm gonna give it four grown-up trick-or-treaters out of five uh, just don't egg our gratings that's all i'm asking all right <laughs> so lee shackleford what say you i really like uh clarence's expression of uh, room for growth here so i i'm gonna give it four tardis doors in the floor oh darn it <laughs> awesome so i'm going to give it same way for the same things you guys said and since you took my floor <laughs> door away from me i'm going to say i'm going to give it oh now here we go Ooh. i'm going to give it four french doggy uh, Lupari out of five. Who mm. were not in the episode, but yes, we we know they must yes, be out we, there. <laughs> we, they must be yes. out there protecting assassins of some type. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I had fun with it. I this. do want to I, see the ship that's that's manned by poodles, sure enough. So, how did you say it? And he shall freeze. Um, that reminds me. Do you want to know what the name of the ship is? <laughs> what? It is the ship Le Poudel. Le Poudel. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a. There, <laughs> it's like I left you speechless. Exactly. There, there's a potentially rude joke in here that, and I I, I watched this three times, and I, I just kept thinking every time they they're doing that on purpose, aren't they? I know they're doing this on purpose. Um, uh, that. Um, uh, Kavanista says, "Never talk, talk about my mother." Oh yeah, um, I didn't even get that, yeah. but now I do. Yeah, because he's a son of. Uh, uh, is that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, uh, I didn't uh, get from the last time for years that the doctor was naked in Tower of the well, Doctor. There you go, and I didn't get this. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I didn't. I, 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 to me, it felt like, and I'm sure this has been done in plenty of other shows and movies, but it felt like a call back to Back to the Future 
when uh, uh, Biff calls Marty McFly yellow, uh, a yellow, as he says. And and then like he he he's cool he's cool until he says yeah. his mama that's, that's <laughs> he, right like, goes yeah. off the handle so <laughs> and see that's my theory that's why because yeah um <laughs> but, but but more seriously the thing about the the Lupari and their their spaceships there's seven billion of their spaceships and there's a moment <sighs> in this where the doctor says no 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 they need to all fly into this formation and then they do that what is the formation well that was. My my point was that that that's the time in the episode where I just said, "What?" I mean, yeah. Think about how hard it is to get. I don't know. I'm picking a random example of things that everybody in the world needs to do: get vaccinated against this uh, plague that's visiting <laughs> the planet. Yeah. Okay, everybody, we're we're all going to do that and go. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, he he pushes some buttons and seven billion spaceships respond, and I just said no, I don't. <laughs> I, I I'm sitting here willing to buy the talking dogs in space and the 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 natural event that's ripping up the universe, but I don't buy that you can get seven billion <laughs> entities to do anything on Q. <laughs> okay, now. Now, if the, if if the swarm could just blast the Beastie Boys on the resonant <laughs> frequency, it wouldn't matter. That's right, how so it I works. have an answer for you because <laughs> because my brain is getting tired, yes. and when my brain gets tired, my brain goes loopy. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say oh, no. that my answer is the ones at the front, being the uh, ships at the front, yeah. either gave off the impression or the scent or something of treats. And or gave them the <laughs> mental image of somebody throwing a ball or a stick, and they're chasing right. the ships at the front. That's right. That's how they get. I like it. it. I like it. Yeah. There's a, a mystery science theater three thousand where they they did exactly that. They were attacked by devil dogs, and the uh, the solution was to throw a ball into space. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy! So, but so, before that ball comes back <laughs> from space, yeah. I'm going to say to you, Lee Shackelford, for everyone listening that has spent time with us this evening, what would you say to them? You didn't have to do this. You could have been doing something productive with your life. No, you could. There, you could have been doing <laughs> anything else, and instead, you you chose to listen to us carry on about uh, the Halloween apocalypse. So, thank you, thank you for being generous with your time and spending it with us. And you know what? Since we will be doing this in a six-part story, we're going to be generous in our observation of everyone's time and say, again, everything that Lee said. We appreciate everyone being here, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.